Welcome to the Commentary Magazine Daily Podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. I'm John Podhortz, the editor of Commentary Magazine. With me as always, Executive Editor Abe Greenwald. Hi, Abe. Hi, John. Media Commentary Columnist and American Enterprise Institute Fellow Christine Rosen. Hi, Christine. Hi, John. An Associate Editor and author of The Rise of the New Puritans, Noah Rothman. Hi, Noah. Hi, John. We now have two polls this week, one from USA Today, one from the Wall Street Journal showing Ron DeSantis firmly in the lead uh, over Donald Trump among uh, putative Republicans or Republican primary voters or Republicans in general uh, by many points. I can't remember what the USA Today number is. And we also have, I think, 60 or 63 or 66 percent of Republicans saying they 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 want someone other than Trump to be president. Um, I have the lead article in the January issue of Commentary available now at commentary.org, uh, which is called Geopocalypse Now? Question mark. And in the piece, I try to lay out the reasons that I adduce and that in increasing amounts of data uh, are, are supporting the contention that Trump is the reason that the wave, uh, the Republican wave, did not happen. Um, and I say in the piece that while the wave didn't happen, you have three centric circles of republicans you have this red hot core which is the trump base which is a new kind of base those are the people who would you know be okay with him shooting someone on fifth avenue then you have the classic republican base which went trumpy which decided to throw in its lot with trump but was until until his um, emergence almost entirely issue-based, right? Interested in guns, life, pro-life issues, some culture war stuff, um, but certainly not personality-driven uh, in the way that it, it became. And they threw in their lot with Trump. If the if the, if the the red-hot center, the Trump base, uh, you know, was absolutely convinced that the election was stolen because why would anybody vote against him? The Republican base thinks as i as i adduce it that um democrats would have stolen it if they could so they they we don't know if they did or they didn't but they should be blamed for it anyway because they'll do anything and so uh sure sure it was stolen and then you have according according to the 2022 numbers and our friend harry anton at cnn uh, 40% of Republicans voted in the Republican primaries in 2022. And Republican primary voters are very committed Republicans who live, breathe, you know, drink politics. In particular, when they're voting, when there isn't necessarily all that much controversy to vote on, except in certain states like Pennsylvania, where there was a real, you know, race for Senate and um, in the primaries. Um so there's 60% of the Republican Party that is neither the Trump base nor the Republican base. And they're the ones, or some version of them, or some element of them, those are the people who denied Republicans the victory that they sought in 2022 in the House and the Senate. Um, and we know they exist because they existed in... Ohio, red rock, rock, red rock ribbed Ohio, where Mike DeWine won by over 20, but J.D. Vance, the Trumpy candidate, only won by eight. So there is some there is some significant percentage of Republican voter that did not vote for J.D. Vance. And then, of course, Georgia, where Brian Kemp won by seven on a night election night that Herschel Walker lost by one. Uh, they. Ruffin Warren didn't get to 50%, which is why there was a runoff. But um the gap between the gap between Kemp and and uh Walker was eight points. In there is those eight points, if Republicans don't get those back, they're gonna continue to lose elections. 
And so uh, the question is, can this larger number of less involved Republicans somehow be encouraged to become more involved to rid the party of Trump? And I don't know how it happens. I do know that we've had this creation of a new turnout machine in both parties over the last 20 years that has wildly increased the amount of voter participation in elections from where it was when I was, you know, growing up in the in the 70s and 80s. And here we have the first real evidence that Republicans asked, just general Republicans asked who they want to run or be the nominee in 2024 are definitively saying they do not want Trump. That doesn't mean that Trump won't be the nominee because of these two concentric bases that I mentioned, one that is his base and the other that is essentially a fellow traveler of, of fellow travelers of Trump's. And the question is that second base, maybe they maybe they peel off and become a DeSantis base because they're looking and saying, Trump's great. I love him. He's fantastic. But you know what? We got to turn the page because this isn't working. That's All right. The Wall, so Street, that's, the Wall Street yeah. Journal's poll does back up that argument because the people who just say they're if you're very conservative, 54 percent of those compared to 38 percent preferred Trump over DeSantis. But for those who say they are just somewhat conservative, they back DeSantis over Trump 59 percent to 29 percent independent. Uh, or moderate GOP voters obviously favor DeSantis. So yeah, that 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 scans. Like they they might like Trump, but they're looking for an alternative. All right, let's talk about that alternative and how his strategy is evolving. <clears throat> People who watch Ron DeSantis very closely, us, note that most of what he does is really boring. Good governance stuff, the kind of stuff that we like to see. What he chooses to spend political capital on when he chooses to spend it is on culture war fights that capture the attention of the country and really infuriate uh, the press. And when the press is mad, Republican voters are happy. Uh, it's a winning formula. And one of the things he's decided to spend his capital on is um, investigations into COVID, in particular the vaccines. Now, he went on Fox last night, talked about some of the stuff that he had promoted yesterday afternoon. Some of it sounds pretty good to me forming a public health integrity committee to oversee the medical establishment. The medical establishment desperately needs public oversight. Uh, the elected officials who empower them should have the capacity to um, direct their energies in ways that are beneficial to, I don't know, public health. But he's also going after vaccines. It's creating a grand jury to investigate the mRNA shots, big pharma. These are his words. Investigating cardiac related deaths tied to the mRNA vaccine. Politico has a piece on this, diving into the particulars among them, uh, the idea that the federal government had misrepresented what the vaccines could do, um, misrepresented um, what who is benefiting financially from their distribution and promotion. Uh, even though he was very much a proponent of the development of vaccines back when we were all stuck at home, couldn't leave, and this was the key to leaving our our, our houses. Fine. Re investigations are valuable. I'm okay with that. What this has given, however, regardless of the provenance of it, is President Trump's people in pre former President Trump's orbit the opportunity to attack Ron DeSantis for being anti-vax. This is a quote in Politico from somebody, quote, in Trump world, a Trump advisor. We don't know who he is. And Donald Trump could come out tomorrow and say the vaccines turn your blood into ketchup and would undermine entirely everything that they're saying now from Trump world in his orbit. Nevertheless, what they're saying now is, yes, this is a quote. Yes, there's a portion of our base that is anti-vax and some people could walk away from Trump over it. That's why Ron's doing it. It's so transparent. So Trump has managed to position himself as the same person in this argument, if it comes down to whether or not the vaccines were a conspiracy to enrich a few and kill others, and then Trump gets to be on the the normal side of that argument. OK, but that's taking the media's what, what the media is going to cast Ron DeSantis is doing. It's taking their perspective because he's what he's doing is actually what we know the White House is now resisting, which is any sort of investigation into the how we how we handled COVID, right? Like there there have been some internal efforts at the White House for people saying, let's let's do a kind of commission, you know, kind of like the 9-11 commission. Let's see what went wrong, what we could have done differently so that in the future, if we face a similar pandemic, we have different strategies in place. We've learned our lesson. The Biden administration is resisting that um, and they're reporting on the resistance, which is interesting. But I think for DeSantis, 
he is, I mean, look, I, I, I don't like any sort of an, any whiff of anti-vax stuff really annoys me, but he has been very good about distinguishing up until now between, you know, supporting vaccination and, and being against mandates, for example. And the fact that he's targeting the federal government's response and the pressure that the federal government brought to bear on states such as Florida and others to, to just fall into line on certain issues, to accept that the science was acceptable science and these vaccines were 100% safe when there was not, you know, without any sort of questioning about high risk for, for example, young men who were having other countries had looked at and, and expressed concern about myocarditis and, and other heart related issues. I think that he he's his style here is actually going to un, undermine what he's trying to do. Yes, there's some pandering here, but there's an attempt to sort of say we need to look at what was going on here because we've just accepted and put it behind us. And, you know, but people are still concerned. What's the future of vaccines? Do we need to get shots every year? Like there are a lot of unanswered questions in Americans minds about the vaccine process and those unanswered questions and the federal government's response and the Biden administration's response of saying you're not allowed to ask questions is what fuels conspiracy theories. Okay, so but to whom are they pandering? Yeah. Who? Who? Yeah. The what's, the, what's the constituency people? that the pander is directed at? And what does I that tell he, you about what they think the political landscape looks like? I think he's pan. If he's pandering at all, he's pandering to people who are like, we don't trust the federal government and our public health institutions after all this. We want a reckoning of some sort and we want to know what it is that they were getting us to do. Yes, they're, within that contingent, I am sure there are conspiracy theorists who find all kinds of nonsense online about the vaccines and they're probably some anti-vaxxers. But I don't I wish he was a better messenger at this point. This is where his kind of style undermines his argument. See, I'm not sure that his style will. I mean, it, it, it remains to be seen how he plays it. Um, but I'm not entirely sure that he will come off through this whole thing as uh, sort of, you know, crazy Twitter anti-vaxxer. I'm, I don't think that's that's how this happened. I don't think that's necessarily how this unfolds. Don't forget, Florida, in terms of COVID data of all sorts, has been really good and and has a high vaccination rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and but but also transparent and responsible, uh, despite the the the, the media's attempt to to paint it as the the opposite as the, as the worst of all the states due so, in large measure to Ron DeSantis's effort to inv- to vaccinate the elderly to promote vaccines he was he was a big proponent of this sort of thing well okay right so but, so, but, but Christine but, points out that the grand jury investigation which I'm not endorsing will largely focus on the question of whether or not vaccines were being pushed on people who uh, did not need them. And we know that there are people who did not need them in that way, that everybody under 18 in the United States did not need to get vaccinated. Just a simple fact that now it doesn't matter. Well, here's the other things. Anyway, go ahead. But, 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 so, that, so that's one point. I, th- I think if he if he sort of handles it like, you know, the, the, the sort of the there are two DeSantis's, if he handles it like the the, the responsible governing DeSantis, it, 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 he might do OK with it. The other thing about it that I think um is uh, good for him um, is the timing. Uh, no one is getting the vaccine anymore. No one, no one is getting this. You know, I'm not just talking about Republicans. It's not popular to get the the the, the new boosters. Um, why? Ob- obviously, not everyone is is looking upon them anymore as necessary life saving um, uh, measures. So we'll see. I, so I, I mean, Noah, Noah's coming at this, and I, I'm I'm in sympathy with Noah's concern that uh, DeSantis is reading uh, the Republican base as wanting um, scalps from uh, the very people who uh, we empowered to see if they could get us out of the COVID. Well, spirals. that'd be nice. I want scalps. They're not looking. No, for but scalps. you don't this, want. You don't this, want. You don't want. Pfizer's scalp, right? No, precisely. And no one's going to get Pfizer's scalp. But what he is saying, the grand jury is for Pfizer and Moderna. Right. Right. Maybe it's for the committees at the FDA or the NIH or whatever that 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 
wanted to approve the vaccines and that it will turn out did not have any data to approve the vaccines. I All of which could implicate the, the Trump. That This could implicate the Trump administration, not just the Biden administration. A lot. I, OK, it could, let's, it let's, could let's, any number of uh, possibilities could happen. But I'm I'm inclined without second guessing the jury's work that a conspiracy so vast is not going to be uncovered by a Florida grand jury the, to the to the tune of uh, you know, a, a, a profound conspiracy to impose these vaccines on the country and kill a lot of people only to enrich uh the 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 big pharma in new jersey i live in new jersey i would have noticed yeah no i think you're you're absolutely right about that and if that's who he thinks he's sat in a savvy way pandering to that's bad and when it turns up nothing what's the psychological effect well it could turn up rushed could be uh, fine psychological effect could be fine what why should the psychological effect necessarily be that without without Proving the conspiracy to, you know, harm people or or ignore evidence that's harming people. Because this conspiratorial so that, inclined do not accept that. They well, will, but they, they never will. will. They, will, that's under, what they will intuit that the grand jury was just as corrupt as every other institution in America. Well, they but okay. they'll that that fringe will always do that. What I think is interesting here, though, is that DeSantis is doing what a lot of us want our federal government to do, which is look at what we did and examine it and find out what happened. And right now we're in a we're in a political and cultural moment where a lot of the people who are in charge of our institutions resist any impulse at examination and accountability of their past actions by simply saying, that's disinformation, you're a conspiracy theorist, we're not going to look at that. And that sense of entitlement that the average American feels when they listen to people with power respond to their legitimate questions, that was a problem throughout the pandemic. So at the very least, even if they turn up nothing, the fringies are going to still be fringe, but they will have asked the questions, which at this point, given our, our public health, apparatus and and a lot of how the administrations both trump and biden have behaved with regard to covid that's a public service that's useful we should be doing more of this not less but but i mean i take noah's point that we should sort of dwell that if if desantis has the pulse of the republican party at the present moment and the numbers suggest that he does if they're not if they're not mostly negative toward trump if the number it's like we got to go somewhere else here's the guy there's nobody else has you know emerged as the plausible only other person who can take Trump down. Um, if he's going here, what does this say? If he understands the party, and I think we accept that when people really do uh, get to this point, right, that 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 when a politician seizes control or takes command of a party, that he understands it better than anybody else does at the at the moment that that happens. Um, what does it say about the party? And what does it say about the health of the party that it is eager to go to this place, which is, remember, a majority of Republicans are, you know, have been vaccinated. It's not, you know, 70, what is it? 77% of the country has had at least one shot or 80%. It's not like people haven't gotten the shot. It is interesting to note that we are in the middle of a of a COVID, you know, we're in the middle of a COVID surge, um, and people are not getting the booster. So, what but is it's that largely say? among the elderly that the where the 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 hospitalizations and deaths are now largely an over sixty five right. uh, right. effect. I mean, although they always were, that's yes. the no, point. But so, yeah, yeah. So the so the uh, but it is in, so what he what he knows is that people there are a lot of people in the country and I, I don't know what what are the numbers on the boosters is it even a third I don't even know if it's a third uh, and also there are different boosters right there's the third shot the fourth shot and the fifth shot um, people are done with it and they're done and and they're done with it. We know that Omicron, this is the weird thing about what's going on now that that kind of merits merits an investigation, really, but it merits something, which is Omicron, you know, went through the country. Everybody knows people who have been boot or people on this in this conversation right now who have been. Boosted may have had COVID at early stages. My friend Jeff is one who had it in March of 2020. Um, boosted, reboosted, just 
just got it. He it's been two and a half years. He hadn't gotten it. He had huge, you know, high those plasma numbers. He was one of those people who was giving plasma uh, to help them figure out how to, you know, deal with the uh, w- how the vaccines would work and all of that. And um, he just got it this week. Uh, so the vaccines aren't stopping people from getting COVID anymore. And if you tell them, well, it's good, though, you should get it because it'll mitigate the effect of COVID if you get it. They're like, well, I really I, how do you what's your what's what's your evidence? Like, that's just an improvisatory thing to say about it, because there's no body of evidence that says, well, you know, the booster is good because even though you'll get COVID, it'll make it milder. We don't know that that's true. We don't. Omicron happened too quickly <laughs> It hasn't been around long enough to prove that that is true. That would only be anecdotal. And I think we can agree that, again, if you know people who've gotten it, Abe, you got it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, Recently. didn't seem, based on the way you were suffering, um, that, uh, you know, the boosters mitigated the effect of COVID. No, not at all. <laughs> By the way, um, I, I just I just looked that, according to the Times, uh, 12% of adults have gotten the latest booster that's the latest booster but like there, this the the latest booster is is number five right do i have that right i think i can't but the fact that we don't know by the way is, is good so okay. to the issue so 12 percent have gotten it right and um uh there's a surge going on though you could say that they they've spared themselves from the surge but it's it's interesting that the surge is going on and people have had enough they've had two shots they've had three shots they've had four shots 66 or 67% of the country has had two shots and they've had enough cuz they know too many people who got it despite having gotten the shots i don't that's not the conspiracy that a grand jury should be looking into right but uh it's not nothing, and that's where this refusal or this – and by the way, the White House is being – can I just say is being incredibly stupid because, A, yeah, they could lay off some of the blame on Trump and the way the moonshot may have been you know, recklessly handled or something if they wanted to do that, and B, the Republicans in the House are going to do it anyway. So yeah, they why could get out ahead want, of it, yeah. So yeah. why don't they want to convene a bipartisan commission now – which doesn't necessarily, by the way, have to be members. You know, they could have Liz Cheney on it if they wanted. You know, if if this even through this, like, why wouldn't they do that now? So that it's not unless they what they want is for Republicans to be crazy and say crazy things. And do why crazy wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? <laughs> want do you the think the most Americans are hostile to the vaccine or grateful for it? Do you well, think that's that most interesting... first question. Second question. Yeah. Do you think most Republicans are hostile to the vaccine? Or grateful for it. Third question: Do you think voters headed to the polls because to, and voted against Republicans because they like Democrats or because they think Republicans are too crazy? Right, but the trap, the, the opinion that of they the keep vaccine into is fluid. Seems pretty obvious. But the opinion of the vaccine is fluid. That's my my point. If twelve percent of Americans have gotten, you know, the latest booster, and I am not one of them. By the or way. am I? But am I hospital? And I am in a high risk category. I'm a type two diabetic, and I'm 61 years old. Like, I should be getting the fifth booster. I just know too many people who have gotten COVID. I don't think for a second or third time. But I don't think hostile or grateful. I don't think the the binary applies here. I think I think there's a huge, broad, varied swath of opinion that's kind of like. It's a miracle that it that it was that it was developed at all. Um, I'm not entirely sure they told us everything about it. Uh, they certainly didn't seem to be dealing with the 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 data in terms of who's really at risk and who needs it. Um, so I think there's a, all sorts of ambivalence out there of varying shades. And I mean, look, one way or another, this will out by by which I mean, you know, at what point? In the, you know, 10, 12 years from now, will there not be a massive class class action suit among people in their 30s and 40s against Pfizer and Moderna who will claim, young men who will claim that they have heart problems because of the vaccine? 
doesn't mean it's true. There's a lot of junk lawsuits and there's a lot of crap and all of that. It will come and it will be, it would be a benefit, in fact, to Pfizer and Moderna and everybody to have this investigation and reckoning now rather than in 12 or 15 years when they're driven out of business because of, you know, a class action suit involving a million people who say that they got heart heart disease from this. That's just a factor. That's a fact in American life. And shut up, he explained, is not going to cover it. They need to prepare for this inevitability. And I, um, can I just add that yeah. one of the one way in which I think DeSantis is hitting the mark in terms of what Abe described, this vast number of people who are like, OK, the va- I'm, who aren't anti-vax, but are like eh, about the boosters and also don't like mandates. That's a lot of Florida. And you have to remember that in Florida, they they had these public health officials, one of whom was removed from a panel by DeSantis, who were insisting that children zero to five, there must be a mandate to get them. They can couldn't return to school unless they were vaccinated. There was no scientific evidence or proof that that was a necessary condition for those kids that age. And parents, especially parents of kids under the age of 18, as you said earlier, John, they have they were given a very consistent, highly unscientific message from the Biden administration about vaccines and about boosters. And then at the local level, I mean, I experienced this with one of my sons. They couldn't go do volunteer work unless they could prove they'd had a booster. And when they when, you know, so one of my kids is boosted and one isn't. And but that was this whole thing. It was like there were opportunities and things that kids normally want to do to resume their activities after over a year of being locked out of normal childhood. And the boosters were made uh, requirements in some of these places. And I think that that really it pissed me off. And I know a lot of parents who were the same way. And so it's that that kind of soft enforcement of mandate, even if there isn't an official government one by institutions and whatnot, that kind of stuff is still in people's minds. They remember that. They remember how it, it, they had to make this choice about a vaccine or a booster that their kid might not need, but but was required to have to do something that, that they wanted to do, whether it was sports or school or activities outside of school. So that that he's hitting that sweet spot, at least for parents like me. I'm like, OK, I would like to know what these public health officials and, you know, what the Biden administration thought was so crucial for kids, very small kids, you know, zero to say, let's say zero to 16, zero to 18. Why did he feel they needed that booster? Why did they why were they insisting right. on vaccination for that group when we knew from Europe that that was not necessary? Well, let's talk about these numbers, by the way, because it, uh, in the New York Times is COVID chart. I, we have here December 10th numbers. OK, uh, hot daily new hospital admissions by age. OK, because we're having this surge and hospitalizations are up at the highest level they've been at since February or something like that. OK. Uh, by age, number of people per 100,000, 70 plus 12.6. In other words, the number of people, 12, so that's uh, 12, 13 per 100,000, 60 to 69, 5 per 100,000, 50 to 59, 2 per 100,000, 30 to 49, 1 per 100,000, or 1.4. 18 to 29, one per 100,000. Under 18, one per 100,000. So these numbers, which have been consistent, if you look at this chart, there's a yellow line at the bottom, which is people under the age of 18. They were never hospitalized in any real numbers. They were never sick in any real numbers. And very, 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 very few died from COVID. That's from the beginning of the pandemic until the present. And uh, people are getting boosted. Old old people are getting boosters, right? They're, they're uh, uh, 67% uh, of Americans over the age of 65 have been boosted. 93% have been vaccinated, fully vaccinated, according to the term, which is which of those first two shots. Young people aren't getting sick. And the White House is still saying that they need to get boosters. And I don't assume that the booster is going to be injurious. Uh, but how do I know? They're tell- they've been telling me that young people were dying of COVID when they weren't. So how can I be sure that, you know, if I got my 12-year-old son boosted, 
uh, it wouldn't have some effect on his heart. I really know that. I don't. I assume that it's not true. I assume if there were really a massive myocarditis problem, that the numbers of people around the globe who had it that would be you know visible to us. Um. So, however, the way that DeSantis and Christina Pusha and all that are framing this issue is worrisome because it has like a we are going to go where this leads and we're you know but using the term grand jury alone has this quality right we're you know we're sticking law enforcement on you we're going to investigate this and try to get you on perjury at the very least if you don't tell us everything we want to know or whatever you the grand jury term is what's worrisome about this um and the the question of and again so this then goes to no, you said Republicans are they are they happy or unhappy that they got the vaccine? I don't know the answer to that question anymore. Maybe they were happy the way we all were in 2021 when we all got it. You know, I got mine, I guess, in March of 2021, the two shots. My assumption is the vast majority of Americans are grateful for the vaccine's development, a miracle. My assumption is also that the vast majority of registered Republican voters are not. I mean, is it a miracle? Well, what no, not sh- not in the religious sense, not in awesome no, as in what biblical the, sense. No, it is awesome the, in the literal okay. sense. What do the numbers show us, though? Right? People were getting vaccinated throughout 2021, and uh, 600,000 people died in 2021, right? Don't I have that right? More people died in 2021 than died in 2020 when the vaccines were being administered. So, again, that's an extreme case because we're now talking about death as opposed to mitigation. Or, But where we are now, the vaccination, we seek universal vaccination to create herd immunity so that a disease can die out, right? That's why you have universal vaccination. The boosters clearly don't prevent uh, you know, don't don't interfere with the transmission of the Omicron virus. They just don't. We know. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a surge. So I don't I, I don't know what to I don't know what to make of whether or not at this point people should be grateful or will remain grateful. So I don't think they'll be hostile unless they have ideological priors that make them hostile. I'm not sure gratitude is exactly the thing about it you know because then there's also the argument that if what we're seeking was herd immunity you know maybe people should have gotten COVID. like maybe you know this was the whole point about whether or not the lockdowns were wise or unwise like we hadn't done lockdowns and people had gotten covid and everybody under 18 wasn't going to die from it and you needed comorbidity i don't know these are complicated questions can I just add one more thing, though, about that I do think is a is a good word that DeSantis is using over and over again when he talks about all this, whether it's the investigations or whatever uh, he's convening here, the grand jury, all this. He keeps saying accountability and accountability is an important word here. And I think it is one that's that's going to resonate with voters, because, again, at a time where we have declining faith in our institutions, an elected official talking about accountability and doing things that he says are part of an accountability project. That's good. That's uh, whether or not it proves to be about accountability or proves to be too fringy will remains to be seen. But just the word accountability is nice to hear out of an elected official's mouth these days. No, do you have any since we're since since you're sort of holding up the, you know, DeSantis is DeSantis is just empowering the crazies and this is bad. Uh I just wanted to give you another because I feel like you, you know you're you're expressing a view that needs to be expressed, and I don't want to like limit your <laughs> limit your point here. Oh, wh- what else do I have to add? Merely that this is just all false. Ron DeSantis doesn't believe that a giant conspiracy was involved in order to vaccinate people at the expense of their own health to enrich a few. He doesn't believe that. He's never believed that. He's never behaved like he believes that. He thinks you might, Republican voter, manipulable sort that you are. Well, he didn't. And then he's say- going to pivot directly once he's once he's ousted Donald Trump because this isn't a political message. 
It is not about accountability. I wish it was. I want that too. This is a political message. The political political message is designed to uh, give him strategic advantage in the primary, as everybody in the world of politics, including us, has obviously discerned. And as Trump world has discerned, there's been a lot of talk about the degree to which getting to Trump's right on the pandemic is the way to undermine his support on the right. Uh, like the, the the monkey's paw has curled. And what we get instead of accountability is, a, well, I can be a little bit crazier than you ever were on this subject. Be careful what you wish for. Now, of course, once that's done, I because I do believe that the vast majority of the general electorate in the United States does regard these vaccines with some degree of gratitude that he'll pivot and then he'll do the etch-a-sketch. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but whatever what it does is keep the Republican base crazy. And that's what benefits Democrats. Can I just say, I'm look, I'm torn in terms of DeSantis's own motives. I don't know him. Um, I'm not, do I think he thinks that there's a vast conspiracy? No, but I'm not sure that that's what he's saying either. Um, Florida's Surgeon General has been has been saying for months, and I would I would argue certainly believes that that vaccines are simply more risky than 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 Americans have been led to believe. He hasn't convinced DeSantis of this. I don't know that. Well, I, I mean, don't look, either. But the, uh, convening a grand jury is a very specific sort of investigation. It's a criminal investigation. There's not a blue ribbon bipartisan commission. Okay, so what he what DeSantis said yesterday uh, with this uh, panel that he had with him, uh, a roundtable with the Florida Surgeon General, he said uh, he gave no specific, according to USA Today, he gave no specifics on what wrongdoing the panel would investigate, but suggested it would search for evidence to bolster claims about harmful side effects. We'll be able to get the data whether they want to give it or not in Florida it is illegal to mislead and misrepresent, especially when you were talking about the efficacy of a drug. So let, let us take this on a continuum, okay? Uh, the efficacy of the drug in relation to certain populations is in question. It's what I was just saying about people under 18 and certainly maybe people under 30, right? Um. It seems like with the mRNA vaccine, DeSantis said, it's like if you raise any type of cost benefit, kind of the powers that be want to squelch that by which you say, no one's my kid. No one's dying under the age of 18. You're telling me my kid has to get a booster like Christine's, you know, to in order to do. Um, I, I think the risk outweighs the reward here. And then. If the powers that be, whoever whoever that is, say no, uh, the risk doesn't outweigh the reward. When they do not have evidence that the risk does not, when they do not have it, that the reward outweighs the risk. Is that a lie? Well, that's why it's a grand jury, because he can compel, a grand jury can compel the production of evidence. So he they can compel the uh, data that these com private companies hold in a way that a blue ribbon commission could not. I assume that's why it's he's going through, you know, doing it as a grand jury to to say, OK, Pfizer, give us your data on men 18 to 39 and heart risk and what what you knew when you when this was told is told when the public was told that this was perfectly safe for that demographic. They're very focused on a particular demographic there, too, which is interesting. It, it is it is men in Florida who might have suffered heart ailments as a result of taking the vaccine and were not warned in advance of this risk. That's what they're looking at. I'm not saying that's actually factually true. That's what right. they're saying, claiming they're going to examine and they need the data to do that. But again, there's a there's a, what I'm saying is there's a continuum here. There is a continuum there. On the one hand, you can say that it's ridiculous to say that the vaccine's value has been misrepresented in populations over 65. And yes, DeSantis focused the COVID response in Florida on on people over 65, right? How 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 they were locked down or they were encouraged to lock down or whatever. Uh, and they were given priority in the vaccines and blah, 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 all of that stuff. Um, and so that is that that's unquestionable. That goes without saying the risk of COVID to high to high risk populations was so severe that 
you know, the moonshot was warranted. We had to speed it up, all of that. It's where you get into these gray areas that it's best. You know, we remember we were talking about this with Fauci a year, year and a half ago, where he's like, well, I want to get it up to 90% or I want to get it up to 80%. On the basis of what? Like, what number are you playing with here? Is this because you think herd immunity is reached at 80% of the population being vaccinated? Or is this some form of larger social control? But I will say, look, Noah's right that this is a huge political gamble for DeSantis. I assume he knows that. Like, this whole project is a political gamble because he is, you know, there's a risk of it being... Uh, first of all, producing nothing and him looking like he just did a, a failed political stunt. And there's also the risk, as as Noah, I think, is correct to point out, of kind of inflaming the anti-vax base that still unfortunately resides in the Republican Party. Why would he take a why, why would you take a swing? Here's here's where I think it, it does suggest that he believes it. Why would you take a swing like that when the trend line is going in your direction? I, I'm just politically. It's an interesting question, right? I mean, the trend line, and he has private polling, I'm sure, that is showing what this polling is showing as well. Um, he also has a different rival that we haven't even talked about, right? Trump is his right. Trump is not his rival right now. His rival is everybody else who might get into the race. If he can ha- if he can maintain these numbers at this high level. He's not going to have 10 challengers aside from Trump. Maybe he'll have five. Maybe he'll have four. He needs as few people in the race as possible. He needs to continue generating headlines and garnering Republican support. It is just raging at clouds. I understand it. We are living in a world that is imperfect and we should navigate it as best as possible. But no one has any incentives to go for the, the middle of the bell curve. And the middle of the bell curve is not the vaccine's caused your kids heart problems and enriched a few people in in government and it was all of ass conspiracy to 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 uh you know put microchips in your brain i don't even know what they think but that's but not the what fact he's... that they're but the fact that we're not doing this in a deliberate fashion which ron DeSantis is vastly more capable of than we give him credit for a lot of we don't hear a lot about what he does because a lot of what he does is really banal and boring and good governance is part of this proposal as we said earlier oversight you know, of of the medical establishment. Good. More of that, please. And investigate whatever you want. Fine. But a criminal investigation establishes a set of a, a set of assumptions that are probably not going to be met by the grand jury itself because there's a high threshold for liability and this sort of thing. And inculcates, communicates in the Republican base that conspiratorial thinking is okay. Not just okay, necessary. Important, and in, in some ways, you you're a more responsible citizen for engaging in that. Okay, than let me the just vast ask majority you of the middle of the bell curve. Let me just ask you: We spent two years talking about the mishandling, the public health world's mishandling of these questions, right? So let's not call it a conspiracy. But the idea that there was a noble lie being promulgated that required universal vaccination, I we all basically said that that was what was going on at the governmental level across the country. Is that a conspiracy? Well, it certainly Not doesn't exactly. involve Pfizer. Well, we don't know. Pfizer, there are two different uh, avenues of attack here, right? One is the pharmaceutical companies. Which is a which are make a nice populist target now, right? And the other is the CDC and the NIH and what they were saying and what they were promulgating and what the documents that they were producing. And if they said you need to do this, and in fact their own internal deliberations, which we haven't seen, said we don't really know. It's not a conspiracy. Um but it is the problem of the nudge, right? It's Cass Sunstein's. It is the question of whether people in government who think you should behave a certain way are given leeway to say whatever they want to say without accountability in order to in order to control your behavior because you are not in a position as a self-governing person to understand the risks 
to you or your or your larger sense of responsibility. So while I am unnerved by the way DeSantis is framing this, in the absence of other action to get some kind of a record, not only of where the virus came from and what we did to face it down, but also what we should what we're what we're put we should be obliged to get information about like what what they what they knew why they said what they said why officials in 50 states said what they said or did what they did and why the federal government said what it said and did what it did and and you know i just um you know so so one way of looking at this is to say that he's saying look we'll go after the drug companies but in fact the drug companies didn't do anything wrong but you're saying there's a high threshold for liability. There is not a high threshold for perjury. And the purpose of grand jury, bring someone before a grand jury, is to threaten them with perjury, right? Is to say, you better, if you tell us, tell us what you know, and we're going to take testimony from you. And then we're also going to get your documents. And if what you say contradicts the documents, we have you dead to rights on perjury. And that's one of the ways that you make sure that people, you know, tell you the truth i don't know whom they can summon i don't know how this works in terms of crossing state lines if you're a grand jury in florida can you subpoena you know rochelle walensky who's in georgia or fauci (laughs) or whoever I, i i don't actually know how that works technically but it's but it's I think you can if they're in contact with state officials. I mean, mm-hmm. right? Like if if that's part of an investigation that involves a state agency and they were in, mm-hmm. in contact with federal officials. I mean, that's a federalism problem, right? Like you can get yeah, I don't into really a again. <laughs> again, I I don't I I don't know and but um I'm just not so sure that it's as big a swing uh, as as you think it is. I also don't know that it will be harmful to DeSantis if it comes up not, you know, without indictments. Like if it comes up, they did an investigation, he can come out and say, we investigated it and we're satisfied, whatever. Or, you know, grand juries don't issue final reports or what, I don't know. There, That's why there are these two things, right? There's the grand jury investigation and then there's going to be this commission on public health integrity. And I think we can all agree that there should be many commissions on public health integrity after the last two and a half years. Let's, let me, let's take a break and hear from our, our two sponsors, FIRE and the Acton Institute. Do you know only one in three Americans believes we can fully exercise our free speech rights? That's why FIRE is stepping up to protect freedom of expression for all Americans, no matter where you're from or what you believe. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, or FIRE, knows free speech makes free people. FIRE will always be a principled, nonpartisan, nonprofit defender of your rights, Join the fight for free speech at www.thefire.org. There's news and information constantly coming at us from all sides. With this barrage of information, it's difficult to stay up to speed with everything that's happening in the world. Whom can you trust to explain what's going on from a perspective that values both faith and freedom? That's where Acton Unwind comes in just as there's no other organization that brings you a perspective that values faith, liberty, and free enterprise like the Acton Institute. There's no other podcast that tackles the issues of the day in quite the same way as Acton Unwind. Every Monday, you'll hear from host Eric Cohn and experts from the Acton Institute for the Study of Religion and Liberty as they take you through the news of the week in a roundtable conversation, breaking down the issues and the stories that matter and demonstrating that the compatibility of faith liberty, and free economic activity in a way that's clear, concise, and entertaining. Whether it's about politics, religion, or culture, you'll get Acton's unique outlook on the world, connecting good intentions with sound economics as we promote a free and virtuous society characterized by individual liberty and sustained by religious principles. To subscribe to Acton Unwind, visit acton.org slash commentary, or just search Acton Unwind on your favorite podcast app. Act and unwind an ongoing conversation on a free and virtuous society. That's acton.org slash commentary to subscribe to the Acton Unwind podcast. Okay, uh, where do we want to go from here? There's the omnibus and there's long COVID. Okay, long COVID. 
So I know people who say they have long COVID and they're clearly suffering. They've been sick for, you know, they've been sick for a long time and they're clearly suffering. But there's no definition of long COVID. Marty McCary had a very interesting op-ed yesterday in the in the Wall Street Journal questioning long COVID. Abe has been questioning long COVID since the arrival of long COVID. My entire adult life, as I think I've said, these diseases, conditions have popped up that all seem to have, share the same root, which is that um, the, uh, people are, uh, are are struck with infirmity or made almost, you know, um, made impossible to sort of get get on with ordinary life. Uh, they're exhausted. They're 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 um, you know they're drained. They're they have headaches. They can't get out of bed. All of that. And there's sort of one after another after another. Epstein Barr. The, um, the um, whatever that condition was in the movie safe that I now can't remember and stuff that, that doesn't, that, that describes something very real that a lot of people are going through, but does not entire, you know, does not entirely seem to be a diagnosable illness in the classic sense. Right. Is that what, is that? Well, the reason why this comes up is because this caught my eye on Politico. CDC says long COVID has contributed to thousands of deaths in the United States. It identifies a CDC report that that suggests as many as 3,544 people have died between January 2020 and June 2022 as a result of COVID, chronic COVID or long haul COVID, which the CDC does not uh, is not a medical condition it, because the medical community cannot diagnose this thing and is agonizing over how to diagnose it. Now, this article also says that some 25 million people in this country suffer with this disease, which renders that death rate rather um Minuscule. Low. Nevertheless, nevertheless, what this article identifies is that this is a disease of white people. The report also found, I'm quoting, the vast majority, 78.5% of deaths attributed to long COVID were among white Americans. The article continues, quote, the relatively few patients who do get treated are overwhelmingly white and affluent, have enough time to be able to take off time of work and go to multiple appointments and spend time online finding care and support groups, doctors say. That is meant to undermine the idea that this is a purely white disease because minorities in America don't have time or money to pursue care for this condition, which is itself a bizarre racially charged uh, idea to promulgate here. They don't even actually articulate it in those terms, but they imply it. And any sentient human being with the commonality of the English language can discern it. But they're also trying in this article to drum up federal dollars for this thing. The whole point of this piece is to lobby Congress to uh, appropriate more sums to study long COVID, which the medical community cannot identify as a disease, and therefore we need to throw more money at it until we get the right answer. Um, and uh, finally, we have one medical person, one medical uh, doctor in here who says, well, every the problem is that everybody's just being diagnosed with anxiety. Is that a problem? Or is that a diagnosis. Uh, there's a well put. Here's where things get really messy. Um, the anti-vax crowd attributes those thousands of deaths to the vaccine. They think long COVID is long-term side effects from the from the shot. Right. With no 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 evidence no. whatsoever. There's no evidence right. on any Just, side of this thing. It's an evidence-free conjecture well, that is, and the debate is, and the, the terms of debate give away the game because the debate is highly emotional. It veers off the track of actual empirical evidence rather quickly because the empirical evidence available to us is pretty thin. Well, I mean, again, to analogize this to Epstein, there is a thing called Epstein-Barr. There is a virus called Epstein-Barr. Right, it's sort of the source of uh, mono. Do I have that right? Mono. I think mononucleosis. The Epstein Barr is the is the virus that triggers mononucleosis in, in in the body or some form of that. Right. It's a it's a thing, but um, you can't test for it. you can't like take blood and shake it and then it says oh you that you, you have uh, elevated levels of Epstein Barr virus in your system. It was an extrapolation. From the fact that in the mid '80s, um, many affluent, particularly women, 
many affluent women were suffering from some version of chronic fatigue, what was called chronic fatigue syndrome. And the idea was, well, this looks like mono. So maybe they have Epstein-Barr. They don't have mono. They're not testing positive for mono, but they have the Epstein-Barr virus in their system. And everybody just took, people said, I have Epstein-Barr, I have chronic fatigue. Well, and, but but there were, I mean, look, the immune system is still quite mysterious to, to even to uh, trained immunologists. A good immunologist yeah. will tell you, like, a lot of the stuff that the body, when it attacks itself, does, they don't understand why. They, they actually can't, you know, always treat some of those conditions, they do tend to affect women more than men in general, just the whole range of uh, immuno uh, immune system problems. But look, there's a lot we don't know about the the vaccine. And I, so I I'm kind of hesitant to say, you know, this isn't a thing yet. Um, further investigation and medical research on this is important, clear diagnosis and sort of some setting up some metrics. But look, it was proven later, even though a bunch of us would chat about it. a bunch of ladies who got the COVID vaccine, a bunch of my friends were like, is this totally messing with your menstrual cycle? Are we conspiracy theorists? Because we we appreciate the vaccine. We're going to get both shots. And it, it later studies showed that there was this this effect on women's menstrual cycles. They don't understand why it was, uh, you know, it was it was transitory for people. But it that was kind of, that kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm like, why is that happening? So this is something that, you know, there these are powerful new things that we're grateful to have had the vaccines. But for many people, everybody's system is different. And particularly when it comes to one's immune system, if you're immunocompromised or if you have any sort of immune um, autoimmune disorder, there's a lot we don't know still about that just in general. And if this, if there is some autoimmune response to the vaccine or to the virus itself, you know, it's going to take time to 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 see that. I'm not I, I do think Noah's right that they're fishing for funds. And on that, I have, you know, being a conservative, I don't think we need to be throwing more money at that problem. But there's there's another complicating factor here, yet yet another, which is that um, a whole swath of Americans are getting multiple viruses very severely now, back to back to back that they haven't gotten before because of lockdowns, arguably, because people weren't out and about and exposed to the milder version of these bugs. Um, so there are a lot of people who are sick long term uh, right mm -hmm. now and and. That 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 easily gets easily conflated with the idea of long COVID, right? Um, listen, uh, this is a depressing conversation, but we're eleven days from from Christmas. We are, I don't know, we are uh, four days uh, from or five days from the first night of Hanukkah. And uh, let's talk about something happy, like a really great present. You know, it's a great present, Boland Branch. Sheets. You've been hearing us talk about them here for a long time. Buttery, uh, soft, uh, finest 100% organic cotton threads you'll ever feel. Come in all all sizes. Uh, very easy, uh, clearly labeled to make them easy to put on in the in the right place. Get softer with every wash. Um, free from toxins, pesticides, and harsh chemicals. Designs and colors for every bedroom style and mattress size. And a 30-night worry-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all orders. Best of all, for the reasons that I had enumerated before, they come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box if you want to give them to your loved ones as an interesting and unexpected present this holiday season. Your gifts will look as special as they feel, and they create an unboxing experience your loved ones will never forget. So this the, get, get a better night's sleep. For everyone on your list with Bowen Branch Sheets, 25% off site-wide, plus free shipping when you use promo code commentary at bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com, promo code commentary. Um, let's let's do, I just want to make a programming note before, before we go. So we will actually be providing you with podcasts during Christmas week. Uh, from the 26th to the um, the 30th, uh, we're going to do some end of year stuff. Um, uh, we're not going to do the news. We're uh, going to be away, but we're going to we're going to record these early and uh, and and provide you with the listening pleasure, shorter, briefer, but uh, but but still for you in case you know you just you just can't be away from us. 
for for that long. Um, so uh, so be prepared for a light, happy, fair um, uh, Christmas Christmas week, and we will of course be here between now and then uh, on weekdays for you. So for Abe, Christina, Noah, I'm John Podhoritz. Keep the candle burning.